Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Daily Bread. We've got a huge show today. We've got tons to cover. It's been about a week and a half since the last episode, and my goodness, has it been the most eventful 10 days, 15 days of crypto uh potentially ever I, of course i say that and then i think well there was ftx like a few months ago too but crypto always feels like we're having the most momentous week ever uh pretty much we get one of those once a quarter or so but no seriously a huge 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 uh last week and a half um uh, where do i start let's do the quick recap so before i i have not recorded since uh pre silicon valley bank and usdc dpeg okay which feels like 10 years ago already, but that was just literally last weekend, okay? Um, I'm recording, just so you know, I'm recording this Sunday evening. We just closed on uh, uh, BTC for the week. So we closed closed just about 28K for the week. Pretty insane. What a weekly close. Uh, fun fact, biggest weekly close we've had. We, it was a 25, 26% weekly candle. Biggest weekly candle since 2017 in six years, okay? Six years since we've had a weekly candle this big. Um, so needless to say, that's kind of the, uh, the, the, the state we're in, right? Just so you understand what just happened in the last week, if you're like, I don't know what's going on, that's what's happening. We just had something that hasn't happened in six years. On the back of uh, horrendous potential catastrophe for crypto that was the, the circle and USDC DPEG. Um, but anyways, in the last two weeks, we went from literally two weeks ago, I'm sure you probably forgot already, but they were talking about potentially increasing hikes even more than we already have uh, and potentially increasing them further maybe into 2024 when people thought that they would stop like at the end of 2023 um, to now. I mean, that's completely flipped, right? You had the SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, basically whole fiasco, I'm sure, I don't need to recap, I'm sure you guys have got the gist of that, but basically Silicon Valley Bank went under on uh, Friday, uh, a week and a half ago, and then over the weekend, they got essentially bailed out, they didn't get fully bailed out, but they essentially got uh, bailed out by the depositors, the equity holders are gone, uh, but the Fed came in and backstopped all the deposits, guaranteed the deposits, um, and then obviously we had the USDC DPEG, I think it got to like, 86 87 cents at the lowest on some exchanges it went lower but that was due to liquidity but i think about 86 87 was about the lowest it got to and let me tell you on, on the night i think it was friday night when that happened i was a little a little on edge because i was like i know that they have you know the backing and assets for this but it's not cool because I mean I keep all my money in USDC right like that's my go-to stablecoin. I don't really use Tether. I use Tether uh, in certain cases like for Bybit if I have to. Oh, by the way, sorry. Stop. Stop the press. I forgot last week. We're not forgetting this week. I totally. I feel so bad. Daily Bread is now brought to you. Bye, Bybit, baby. We are officially sponsored by Bybit. Shout out, Bybit. I'll be honest. If you guys remember, uh, we had a brief OKX sponsorship in the past. Full transparency. Listen, they don't. Uh, they weren't paying uh, dollars. They were just giving me a very good commission on referrals. But it wasn't really an ideal setup. And uh, no shade to OKX, it's just I don't even use OKX personally, and uh, you know it wasn't the best deal. But Bybit came through, they slid in the DMs, okay, and they said, "How does some cash money sound?" And I said, "Cash money sounds great, thank you, Bybit." Uh, so we are now sponsored by Bybit. Uh, really happy. I mean, honestly, I do use this. Is like you know I use Bybit, so I'm happy to. Uh, it feels good when you can. If you're gonna shill something, right? Shill the thing that you know and you use. And so uh, you guys know about Bybit. I don't need to tell you about it. But if you don't, you know, obviously it's a huge exchange. They have all the coins your heart could desire on there, and you, you can trade spot or you can trade perps uh, on leverage if you would like. Uh, you guys know Bybit, but anyways, the point is that if you want to support the channel, you can use the link in the description to sign up with Bybit, and you will get deposit bonuses when you sign up, uh, depending on how much you deposit and, and trade on Bybit. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty good uh, uh, bonuses. Like I think if you deposit ten grand, they give you like three hundred fifty bucks, and if you deposit twenty, they give you eight hundred. So that's a pretty good deal. I mean, depositing twenty grand to get eight hundred bucks. 
doesn't get much better than that. So anyways, use the link in the description. Uh, Daily Bread, now brought to you by Bybit. So shout out Bybit. By the way, Bybit, you know, they pay you in USDT, okay? They don't pay you in this USDC DPEG little non-stable stablecoin, okay? They pay you in that hard USDT money, okay? So thank you, Bybit. Shout out Bybit. Uh, but anyways, back to uh, the show. Um, where was I? Essentially, yeah. So the 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 Fed came in, backstopped SVB, saved the banks, but then we had more bank issues, all of that. But in the meantime, all of a sudden, you know, BTC goes down to like 19.5K-ish. Uh, by the way, by the way, if you listen to the last episode, where did I say the bottom would be? I said, if we go into the 19Ks, I'm buying because the CME gap was from like 19.9 up to like 21, basically. And I said, we're going to fill that CME gap. So we filled it and a little more, but, uh, you know, I'm just saying, just saying, you know, I kind of, I kind of called the bottom a little bit on that one. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, I didn't anticipate that we would go from that to the biggest week in Bitcoin's history though. I will say, I will admit, didn't call that. Don't think anyone could have, but you know, that's all right. We'll take it. Um, so yeah, so we go from from potential disaster scenario to all of a sudden Bitcoin is back to being digital gold store of value. Balaji comes out and tweets, "We're going to a million dollars in ninety days." Uh, you know, people all over the place, CNBC, Bloomberg, everybody's talking about Bitcoin again after nobody cared about Bitcoin uh, for like a year now, other than to shit on it basically. Uh, crazy it's crazy how th fast things change man these these past two weeks have been nuts and uh, it's like you know it, it's easy to be hard on yourself when you're in these markets um especially as a trader that you're not catching all the moves and you see you know oh i should have you know bought here should have sold there whatever but like in all reality of the last couple of weeks this is probably about the most difficult conditions you could possibly be trading in so if you made money give yourself a pat on the back because this was fucking hard man and uh, i'm glad to have made money in the last couple of weeks because it was looking dire there for a second um but yeah now we've we're in this situation where we've completely flipped we're no longer in disaster you know dire straits scenario we are in btc just broke out of a uh what was it nine month range six month nine month range on BTC. So yeah, I mean, uh, it's insanely bullish. Now I will say I'm going to get into uh, kind of the week going coming forward. But uh, you know, don't be so bullish here, because obviously, you know, we just had the biggest week ever, uh, or at least you know, like I said, in six years, so I would anticipate some type of, you know, mean reversion pullback. I'm not going to go short because I don't want to stand in front of this freight train. Um, in fact, I'm still mostly long here, but I am ready to uh, to adapt if necessary. And that's okay. I mean, a pullback, I mean, we literally just went from like 19.5 to like 28K in a week. Okay, so a pullback is, is totally fine and healthy for price action. Um, if we go back to, like, honestly, as long as we're holding above like 25K, we're totally fine. You know, ideally, we don't want to go back into that. Uh, lower range from like 18 to 25k that we finally broke out of um but as long as we hold 25k this week we're totally fine um i anticipate this week to probably be a bit choppy i don't think we're just going to keep going up only like this although the bid has been relentless i'm not going to lie to you the bid has been absolutely relentless it was totally spot driven um that's one of the biggest things that i was tweeting about all week is like guys this isn't like a bunch of people getting levered up and going max long no 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 this is like spot btc led all the way and the only time you saw that one big drawdown uh when we went from like 26 back to 24 was because finally there was a bunch of leverage built up and it got wiped out and then spot shoved us back up to 28k so it's it's been pretty nuts honestly um now on the other side for eth it has not been as great ETH is doing okay He's sitting around 1800 um but the eth btc pair has been has been dropping off a cliff um which sorry to my eth maxis but i think that's gonna probably continue going into shanghai um or at like the bottom of a range uh, or at least a major support level on eth btc now at like 055 
Um, let's see if we break this first because we've been in this range for a long time. Uh, but or, or I'm sorry, I meant 065, sorry. And then 055 would be the next level. So let's see if we lose 065 first before we, you know, panic too much about ETH. Not that you should be panicking, just that, you know, hey, it's not uh, it's not performing as much as people might like it to be in these current conditions. Um, and a lot of that too, though, is just, it, this has been BTC dominance. This has been BTC dominance led um that there's a there's a chart on trading view btcd that i highly recommend if you don't have it on your list as things you take a look at i highly recommend adding that um because it's it's btc dominance is essentially the percentage of total crypto market cap that btc is and this week btc went from about 43 percent up to like 47 and a half percent is where it's sitting at the time of recording um, so that's a pretty huge jump in just a week, right? And, and and what that tells you is that BTC moved up a lot. Well, a lot of alts and ETH didn't move up as much. Um, some alts did, but a lot of alts didn't move as much, especially, you know, considering, uh, you know, a move like this on BTC in a non-BTC dominant environment, that would, I mean, we would see alts flying like we've never, like you couldn't believe, right? Um, but that's healthy. The thing, the thing that I have to get across is that BTC dominance in this period is very healthy. Okay, and the reason for that is that historically, typically, all bull markets, and I'm not saying it's the start of a bull market. We're not, we're not there yet. Okay, so let's calm down. But the start of all bull markets typically are led by BTC. In fact, I shouldn't say typically, they're always led by BTC so far. You know, we've had like what, three or four of them now, uh, but really the last, I would say two, which is when we really had altcoins, right? Because before that we didn't have any. In 2017 and in 2021, uh, the bull market started with a huge BTC rally and then ETH and all the alts followed on later. Um, and so it's very healthy. Like if we had had a week where say BTC, instead of going to like 28, it went to like 25, oh, well, let's say 26 outside of that range. Um, and alts had like completely ripped and ETH was like 2200 or something. I would be less bullish, uh, than I am right now. And the reason for that is because you want to see BTC strength coming out of bottoms, basically. I think BTC, I think bottoms are marked by BTC strength, right? And I think that there's a very, at this point, you know, I called the bottom in December as far as like, I think the bottom's probably in. Now I'm pretty damn convicted that the bottom is in. Um, I don't think we will be making new lows on either BTC. I, I think that the strength is there, especially in a moment of turmoil like this, where frankly, you would think there's mass fear, mass fear from risk assets. We've seen the opposite. We've seen people going towards crypto, not necessarily seeing Bitcoin as a risk asset, but more as like a hedge for, uh, you know, monetary, global monetary uncertainty um, and bank uncertainty, which is great because it's one of the core narratives to Bitcoin that has made Bitcoin what it is, is is this flight to safety, um, which hasn't always been true. And, you know, case is still out on whether or not that actually is true. But at least for the last week, we've seen that. And and what matters is that not so much whether or not it's true, it's, it's whether or not people believe it. And I think that if there was ever a time for BTC to go on a rip like this, it would be in a week where people are hearing about banks failing, right? People are going to, people are very, uh, you know, uh, kind of our, our lizard brain is very good at like attaching ideas together. And people have always heard loosely, oh, Bitcoin is this alternative to banks and alternative to the traditional system and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you're like, I don't understand it. I don't know what Bitcoin is, whatever, right? But if you're in a week where you're seeing all over the headlines, oh my God, banks are failing. Should I take my money out of this bank? What do I do? I'm freaking out, right? You're seeing kind of, I've seen a lot of normies. Like, like, I love my mom to death, but on Tuesday last week, she texted me, or Monday night or Tuesday, I forget, she texted me like, you know, are the banks gonna be okay? And it's like, 
that was kind of my sign to like, okay, I'm, I need to start buying here because it spread to like my mom doesn't watch or consume any financial news whatsoever, right? So that tells me that the mainstream news is now reporting on these bank failures. Um, so if you couple that like that seed, that thought in people's brain of bank failures, while at the same time they're hearing Bitcoin flight to safety, Bitcoin just had its biggest week in six years, Bitcoin's going crazy, people, billionaires are buying Bitcoin as a hedge for bank failures, right? That seed gets in people's mind, you know, and that's really how a lot of bull runs start, right? I mean, in 2021, um, the big meme with Bitcoin was like, it's digital gold, Bitcoin's going to flip gold, all that type of stuff, right? And I think that we're going to kind of get that meme again, um, even more so this time, because last time we didn't really have bank failures in, in 2020, 2021. Um, it was more just like the, the Fed was printing lots of money, right? And people were worried about inflation, rightfully so. We finally, we didn't get the inflation at the time, but we got it later, right? Last year was the most inflation the U.S. has seen. And like Bitcoin is having this moment right now, like we haven't had since 2020, frankly, um, and, you know, the Bitcoin halving is next year, which is typically marks the start of new bull runs. Um, so it's all lining up. The stars are kind of aligned right now. Um, now, with that said, in the near term, like I said, we just ripped to 28K from 19K in a week. Do I expect us to just rip through the 30s this coming week? No, not saying it couldn't happen. I have no idea. I mean, I'm not trying to predict these markets at all. That's like one of the hardest things about recording these videos is that, and the reason why I record less than I probably should, is just it's so hard to be relevant these days because I'll say something and then, you know, if you're listening like two days after I post it, it's like half the shit I say could be totally irrelevant. So that's kind of the hard part. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I'm going to do my best here. Um, and I'm going to try to talk a little, because I think now the good news is, we can talk a little broader. We don't have to just, when we're in like bear market, chop market mode, we have to be very like week to week to week, day to day to day of like, this is a good trade. This is not get out here, get in here, right? Um, not that we're in a bull market again, um, but that I think it is time to stop thinking week to week, day to day, even month to month. I think it's time to start thinking you know, I don't want to necessarily say yearly, but but getting up there, right? I think it's time to start thinking months out, potentially to next year and to, you know, 2025, right? Because this, if it is the bottom, which I think there's a good chance it is, is the time that we need to start accumulating for the long term um, and probably start trading less at least as a percentage of our portfolio right like like i'm always going to trade i'm always going to uh you know have that itch to try to trade but there are times when it is just better to just sit in 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 hold things right uh and this we're probably approaching that time um for a lot of coins um especially i think a lot of alts that are that are either new and we haven't seen them in a new bull market or down so bad, they're so far off their highs that, you know, just holding them back to their highs is going to produce a 10 to 20 X over the next year or two. Um, so that's, that's what I think it's time to start paying more attention to and time to start thinking of, you know, personally, um, lately, I've been like, pretty much probably 60% of my portfolio has been like actively traded and about 40, maybe a little less, probably call it two thirds, one third, right? One third was just like holds and two thirds was like active trading. I'm getting the point now where um, 70 to 80% of my portfolio is just going to be mid to long term holds. Uh, and then the other 20, 30 will be for trading because it's just, you're going to regret um, over trading coins that have tremendous upside, right? And I'm telling you this from experience and plenty of other traders will tell you this. It's like, there's gonna be, basically my point is, there's gonna be coins that you are trading now and say you double your money on a coin and you're like, oh, sick trade, dude. I'm out and take my profits. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's gonna be coins like that that you like caught a 2X on in like three days and you're like, what a trade. That two years from now are gonna be up 50X, right? And you're like, wow. I should have just kept it, 
right? Because you have to ask yourself how good of a trader you are, right? And this is where like the realism is uh, with yourself of like, realistically, if you kind of pick the right alt portfolio now, you know, there's skill in that certainly, but you're going to do anywhere from on the low end, probably a 20x on a lot of these alts over the next uh, couple years to on the high end, we're talking 50, 100 plus X. So you have to ask yourself with a lot of these coins and with your portfolio, like, am I going to actively trade and outperform 50 Xing my portfolio in like two or three years? The reality is probably not, right? The reality is very few traders are capable of doing that. Um, and if you think you're capable of doing that, you should go for it. Um, if I should say this, if you've done it before, if we did it last time, hey, who am I to tell you, right? Do your thing. If you've never done it before, if you've never, you know, 100x, and I mean, like, let's say, I mean, not even like crazy size, but like, like, uh, just put it this way. Have you turned, uh, I'm sure a lot of you, I don't know what your stack is, but let's say the classic like 10 or 20k into like a million dollars. Have you done that trading? No? Okay. Well, you should probably just hold things, right? Because there are things now, there, there, is, there is a portfolio allocation that you can make today with $20,000 that very well may be worth a million dollars in like three years, right? And so you have to have that perspective now. Um, and it's hard to hold that long. It's hard, especially when you're like full time in crypto day to day, it's hard to have the emotional composure through the ups and downs and the, the, uh, you know, I don't kind of cliche, but like the, the diamond hands to hold things. Right. Um, because I'm sure a lot of you like myself, uh, you know, you, you, you remember what it was like to bag hold things back in the day when you first started and, it was easier because you weren't really trading. All you knew was like hodl, right? But now that you know more trading, you're going to have to unlearn some of your trading uh, habits in terms of like being disciplined about taking profits, um, being realistic, quote unquote, with targets and things like this. Because the beauty of crypto is that when things are moving, being unrealistic pays off. And kind of, unf I mean, I don't like to say this, but being undisciplined kind of pays off in a bull market, right? It's more about the discipline. You want to be kind of undisciplined in the beginning of a bull market, and you want to be very disciplined towards the end, right? Um, and I'm saying that it's probably getting close to time to be a little less disciplined is my point. Um, that doesn't mean do stupid things. That doesn't mean go all in with all your money and go broke. Okay. It just means that it's time to start taking some risks, honestly. Um, you know, no other way to put it. I think you guys get it, right? I'm trying to, you know, it's hard because obviously one, nothing I say is financial advice. Do your own research, invest at your own risk, yada, yada, yada. It's hard because I'm thinking about these things too, right? Everything that I tell you on the show is like basically just, this is almost like my like video diary in a sense. You know, I come on here once a week and talk for an hour. It should be once a week. Lately, it's been like every other week. I'll admit it, I'll admit it, but I'm gonna, you know, we'll go back to once a week, I promise, I promise. Um, but it's kind of like my kind of video diary in a sense and I just tell you what I'm thinking. Um, and that's the thought process I'm going through of like, I think it's time to start trading less. You know, I mentioned this before, but now I really, really think um, it's start. It's time to start accumulating, and what bags you should accumulate. Uh, you know, that's what this show's for. I talk about coins all the time. There's so many good picks out there. I'll talk about a few later that I'm that I'm in right now and and looking to play. But that's where we're at. Um, I I don't think this is necessarily bull cycle. I think that we can realistically. Um, not saying we will, but I think we can realistically get to like 40k. Honestly, on BTC. Um. When will that happen? I don't know. Will it happen like in April? Will it happen in May? I don't know. Um, but I think we can get there. Um, but if we do get there, you know, I think that's probably the time to start selling. Uh, unfortunately, I think when, if we do get to like 40K, that's when 
you know, the drum is going to start beating for new all-time highs and there will definitely be like some more like retail normie attention. And I don't know if it'll be time yet, but we'll get there when we get there. You know, I'm not going to speculate because I don't know what the situation could be at that time. Um, but in the meantime, I think for the next coming week, and I'm going to get into the plan for the week in a minute, but, um, you know, played a little more cautious here. We just had a huge run, but it's time to start thinking longer and bigger uh, in terms of your timeframes and in terms of possibilities for coins. Um, that doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. Like I said, I'm talking like two, three year timelines here, right? Not like, oh, you told me buy this coin and it hasn't doubled in a week, right? I'm like, okay, you know? Um, so that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at right now. Um, where are you guys at? This is, dude, this is a tough market. Again, I want to reiterate, like, especially if you're, if you're like newer to trading and not, not that I'm like so uh, seasoned, I've only been doing it a couple of years, but and really only come into my own in like the last, I don't know. I had, I, I feel like I've had uh blips of success here and there, right? Like obviously in the bull market, you know, everybody's a genius, right? So that was, I don't really count that. But like last year, I had a couple periods of a few months where I felt like pretty in tuned. Um, but I wasn't like consistently good all last year. Definitely not. I would say this is the first year or at least so far, these first few months of the year, I felt pretty damn good about my trading abilities. Um, and it's kind of like, uh, almost like I feel like, man, I'm so ready for this bull market in a way that I never was in the past, right? I've quote unquote been in crypto since like 2017, 2016. I didn't buy my first tokens until my 18th birthday in 2017. I think I've told this story before. Uh, I bought, I bought, I think 500 bucks of ETH on my 18th birthday and ETH was like 200 bucks at the time or something. Um, and that was in 2017. But, um, you know, I was, I was 18. I didn't know how to trade in 2017. I bag, I, I made some money, not much, right? I didn't have much money. I was buying like a few grand of stuff and probably five, 10 X. And then it went back to zero, whatever. Right. I just bag hold everything. Um, and then, you know, in 20, the, the biggest mistake I made was I was still accumulating in like 2018, 19, um, BTC and ETH. But frankly, you know, I was like 19. I just didn't have any money back then to accumulate during the bear. So I would make like little few hundred dollar buys here and there. And those paid off. I mean, honestly, like, uh, well, I won't, I don't want to say like dollar wise, but like some, I mean, a lot of those, let's just say I was buying like Bitcoin and ETH and like ETH and like the 300s, 400s and BTC, like, uh, the lowest buy was like 4k and then most of my buys were in like the 6 to 10k region, right? So like those did well, right? I did well, but it was like small amounts and it wasn't like anything that was like life-changing, right? And then the biggest mistake I made was that um, I was just kind of passively buying every now and then, but I wasn't here for like 2020 um, start of DeFi summer. I didn't really pay attention until the end of 2020, like November, December 2020. Um, and then it was kind of like my first time really trading. Like I would say that was when I really started trading, right? End of 2020. Um, but you know, I was a noob and I was terrible. Okay. And I was trying to hit like DeFi farms and Ponzi farms and all this stuff. I had no idea how anything worked. I didn't know what impermanent loss was. I didn't know, I didn't know TA. I didn't know anything. I knew nothing. Okay. Um, so anyways, that was like my foray into the bull market, but you know, in 2021, you know, my biggest regret is like, one, I can't, I joined the party late. I wasn't there for like the early, early gains. And I also was like, had never really been a trader before. I'd just been a buy and holder. So I, I was learning throughout 2021. Um, and then honestly, I didn't size up enough until the end, which is like the worst thing you could do, right? Rookie mistake of like, you know, everybody starts like like anybody else. I'm like, okay, I'll buy a thousand bucks of this. I'll buy two thousand bucks of this right in the beginning, and then I you start making money on things, and you know we're getting the mania towards like August, September, October. That's when I really started buying heavy. But then of course I didn't sell the top right, and I took huge losses in January, um, and so that was like you know earning my stripes, and that was the gut punch of going from like I fucking made it to like being devastated, right? And then last year trading the hell that was that market. So 
it's been a it's been a it's been a journey and i'm sure a lot of you guys can relate to that i'm sure a lot of you guys probably have similar types of uh timelines for yourselves um but this is like the first time where i personally feel like very very in tune with the market um and i know for a fact that i am like here early right the 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 comfort that i have now is like i don't know when the bull market's going to start i just know that i'm going to fucking be there when it happens right and that's kind of the most important thing um and i'm going to have all the hard lessons and skills from the last couple of years of getting my ass kicked that i'm now going to be able to apply and kick the newbies asses this time um so yeah i mean that's how i feel right now uh, i feel pretty in tune with the market i'm not perfect i've had like i'm honestly i'm just disappointed because i there's opportunities i left on the table of not making more money so far this year but that's always going to be the case you're always going to be like i should have made more hey man as long as you're like doing pretty well in this market right now um you're gonna be all right because this is pretty damn difficult trading conditions um so yeah that's kind of went on a little longer than I wanted to. Um, but I just felt like I needed to say that because I think things have changed. Uh, I think the bottom's in. Uh, I'm just going to say it. I think the bottom is really, really in now. Like I said it earlier, but now I really mean it. Like I don't think we're going to go below 15K BTC again. And people who say that are fucking dreaming. They're coping that they're going to get another chance to do that. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. Let's, uh, let's get into the week going forward because there's a bunch of stuff going on. So, this weekend, um, just to recap, we had uh, Credit Suisse was in trouble all week. They got bought out by uh, UBS, which is the largest bank in Switzerland. So this, the largest bank in Switzerland just bought the second largest bank in Switzerland. And uh, they're basically kind of semi-nationalizing UBS now, which is interesting. So uh, Switzerland's economy just fundamentally changed. So shout out to all my Swiss listeners. I think there's a couple of you out there. Um God bless. Okay. Good luck and God bless. Um, and then more importantly, the ECB, the European Central Bank, put out a statement today. Uh, it was like a joint statement with basically the entire Western world, uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank, uh, Bank of Japan, uh, Canada, and then a bunch of you know other European countries um, all kind of came out and said, uh, we are going to create dollar liquidity provisions we're going to open up we're going to we're going to add dollar liquidity for dollar swaps and essentially what they're doing is they're trying to eliminate this duration risk contagion from the market and what that means just real quick if you don't know is that essentially what happened is in 2020 and 2021 all these banks, because of all the money printing that was going on, we had stimulus checks, we had like the PPP loans, that was in the US, but worldwide, you basically had money printing out the wazoo globally. And so all these banks around the world had all these deposits, but obviously banks don't keep your deposits, they only keep a small fraction of them, the rest they go out and invest and try to earn a return on. Um, and they essentially went out and bought all these bonds, some of them treasuries, mortgage-backed securities, um, all these things that essentially... Uh, they were buying them when interest rates were zero, right? And now we just had the biggest rate hike in history in the United States. And, you know, the U.S. Treasury is obviously the biggest market in the world. Uh, and so, or I should say the most liquid big market in the world. Real estate's probably bigger, but less liquid. Um, so it's the biggest market in the world. And all the bonds that people were buying or these banks were buying in 2020 and 2021 have gone down in value because the bonds today yield much more. So why would anyone want to buy those? They're only going to be willing to buy them at a discount. So what the Fed did was open up a discount window. And what that means is that banks can go to the Fed and essentially get a loan against their, you know, lower value bonds and exchange them for the more higher value bonds, right? Because the Fed is willing to take on that duration risk. Um, and so, and, and sorry, I, I, I skipped one part. The duration risk meaning like, okay, there are, if, if, a, if a bank bought a, a 10 year treasury, that treasury doesn't, when it, when it, no, no, no. If a bank buys a 10 year treasury, well, 
that treasury will have the full guaranteed value backed by the United States at the time of expiry in 10 years. But in the meantime, the value fluctuates. And like I said, because people would rather buy the treasuries that yield more than the ones that yield less, the value of those treasuries has gone down, I think about 15% or so uh, in the last couple of years. And so uh, they're essentially, the Fed is coming in and covering this duration risk and saying, if your debt is in treasuries, we're going to cover you on this, right? So that you don't go out of business just because you have things that will be worth their full value at some point. They're just not worth their full value today. Um, and so that basically is happening globally right now. It started with the Fed. The Fed has added $300 billion uh, to their balance sheet just about in the last week after spending, you know, over a year to reduce it by $500 billion. They've almost erased all of it. They've erased 60% of their, their reduction. Um, and now they're opening up dollar liquidity globally so that basically every bank in the world that uses treasuries can not go under due to duration risk. So, what does that mean? Is QE back? Yeah, basically, kind of. Um, it's not exactly called QE, but it kind of is. Um, and whatever they call it doesn't really matter. The main thing you want to pay attention to is just, is liquidity going up? And the answer is yes. After over a year of liquidity going only down and markets reacting accordingly, liquidity is now going back up and probably is going to keep going up because I don't see a reason why it would suddenly go back down anytime soon considering the they had to get together as a global consortium to figure out this mess, right? And so you now have essentially more liquidity being injected into the markets uh, in the Western world. And at the same time, China also came out and said that inflation came in better than expected. So their inflation concerns are coming down just like ours. And China has also started printing money again and injecting liquidity into the market. So you essentially have the biggest markets in the world now injecting liquidity again after not doing so for over a year. China, China's been a little up and down, but but in the West, we haven't, right? In the West, we've only been, been decreasing liquidity for the last year. So what does that mean? Well, typically, when liquidity goes up, asset prices tend to go up. When liquidity goes down, asset prices tend to go down. Oversimplified, not always the case. There are exceptions, but broadly, that tends to be pretty true. Um, does that mean that we're back? Does that mean that the bull market is starting? I don't know. Uh, like I said, I, it's too tough to call right now. Uh, I think bottom's in. I think you can say bottom's in, but that doesn't mean that we're going to like not chop more for the rest of the year, right? That that That's kind of where I'm at. I think that the real bull market probably starts Q3, Q4 um, for crypto, probably stocks too. Um, but I mean, things can change. Th this isn't a game. The thing you realize, like, okay, back to the trading lessons, right? You talk about the hard lessons you've learned. Um, I'm not in the prediction game, right? And obviously, when you do a show like this, the difficulty of it is you kind of do make some predictions. Um, but really, I try not, I give you like scenarios and I try to say what I think is the most likely outcome. But I can't predict anything and I certainly can't predict anything for certain. But this isn't a prediction game. This is a reaction game, right? And it's kind of a predicting reactions game. And what I mean by that is you kind of need to play scenarios out in your head. And this is where kind of writing thoughts down and journaling and for me, like doing this podcast helps in terms of thinking things through of like, okay, what just happened in the last two weeks? Let me take a step back, right? All the markets just went crazy. But let me take a step back and ask myself, what is actually going on here? Um, and you essentially in a two week span went from uh, the Fed is potentially going to continue to increase rate hikes to help stop inflation um, because inflation isn't coming down super fast. It's not; co it's coming down about what we expect, but we would like to, for it to come down faster. To then you have all these banks all of a sudden start breaking, essentially. And, and if you recall last year, Powell basically said, we're going to keep raising rates until something breaks. You know, th th that's what the Fed stance has been. We're going to keep raising these rates until something breaks. Well, finally something broke 
And it was kind of the worst thing that could break, which is banks, okay? If it was like, I don't know, like real estate, whatever, I don't know. It would probably be not as bad. But banks being potentially uh, insolvent and bank runs happening is like worst, worst nightmare for the Fed. So that's why you're seeing this kind of extreme pivot, right? This extreme flip uh, so fast is because there, there is only one thing that the Fed cannot ever, ever allow, and that is a banking collapse. They can deal with high inflation. They can deal with unemployment. They can deal with a bad housing market, a bad stock market, whatever. All of that they can deal with. They cannot, cannot let a bank collapse, banking collapse happen. Absolutely not out of the question, right? So that's why you've seen this this very snap reaction from the Fed and, and central banks globally uh, to stop this from happening. What that means longer term for uh, the modern monetary system going forward, I don't know, right? We could certainly have more consequences in the years coming because of what we're doing today. But at the very least, I will say for the next few months and coming year, Bottoms in. <laughs> that's that's kind of all I can say. Bottoms in for crypto, for sure. I don't know about equities. Uh, probably in there, too. I don't know. It could keep ranging, but uh, I think people calling for new lows on equities. It's going to be tough if we're just going to start printing money again. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we're looking at central bank-wise. Now, we also have FOMC this Tuesday. Uh, you know, before people were talking about 50, maybe even 75 basis point rate hikes. And now the consensus is about 25 basis points is what the consensus prediction is. But this is probably the most unpredictable FOMC because no one really knows what's going to happen. Um, there's, I think I've, I, the, the, the odds have been shifting. I think it's about 30% odds at zero rate hike. Um, but there's still potential for a 50 basis point rate hike. So I don't know. I think if I I don't think they're gonna do fifty. Um, I I mean, I don't know. I like I said, I'm not in the prediction game. I don't know what they're gonna do. I would I would say it, the it's very unlikely they're gonna do fifty. I think you know the market is saying the most likely is twenty five. Uh, so that's what I would I would anticipate going in. But if we see no hike, bottom's really in. If we if they don't if they just are saying we're done with hikes for now. Bottom's really in, guys. Um, I don't know how the market will react to that, but if you want it, let's just put it this way: if you wanted to push over 30k, no rate hike on Tuesday would probably be the, what would catalyze it. Um, but I don't know. Again, not trying to predict. More going to react to the market. Um, now, until then, uh, I think we probably chop a little bit, especially considering we just moved up so hard uh, this past week. Now, the other big thing, forget uh, tons of macro talk, more more macro than I've talked in so long. Um, crypto specifically, Arbitrum, my lord, Arbitrum airdrop is finally here. I talked about it last month, uh, potentially being on Valentine's Day. That didn't happen, but it's finally happening this month uh, on Thursday. The Arbitrum airdrop comes out. Now, I wanted to give you my thoughts on this. Um, I tweeted about it. I think a lot of people are gonna fumble the bag on Arbitrum. I think a lot of people are gonna sell this thing day one and they're gonna quick profit, I'm happy, cool, cool, and then they are going to be in pain when this token is worth a hell of a lot more than they sold it for. I don't know where it's gonna end up at. Um, there's OTC markets live right now. Um, the OTC markets started at like a dollar um, and now it seems like the price is like three. So I don't know. At three dollars, uh, this is going to be one of the biggest airdrop dollar value wise for the crypto ecosystem in a while. I have no idea what's going to happen day one. I think that there's a few very good things going for this airdrop. Number one, it's Arbitrum. Okay, Arbitrum is the biggest L2 on Ethereum on the biggest chain, right? And you already have a comp for optimism 
the comp for Optimism were it to be the same price, it would be $1 a token. Um, if the comp were adjusted for TVL, well, it's about double Optimism, it would be $2 a token which would put it about 2 billion market cap roughly. I think 13, total supply is 10 billion, 13% is going to be circulating at the time of uh, the airdrop. So at $2, you would have a $2.6 billion market cap, I believe. Um, and so you can kind of do the math from that, right? At $4, you would have like a almost $6 billion market cap. So I think that if it goes below a dollar on day one and people are dumping it, um, I think that's going to be a major mistake. I think if you're selling this thing for like 80 cents, you're going to fucking regret it more than you ever regretted anything in crypto. I think that this thing is easily a $10 token come the bull market. I'm going to say that right now. I think this thing could easily be a 20 plus dollar token in the bull market. Okay. Um, $30. I don't know. It could be very, very high is my point. I think that there's no reason no reason that Arbitrum should not be a top 20, if not potentially top 10 token, right? And at current levels, that would put it at like, I think for it to be in the top 20, it would have to be like $4 or maybe a little more, about $4. And for it to be in the top 10, it would have to be like $8, okay? Um, I think people are going to fumble this bag. I saw people comparing comparing this to like the Blur airdrop and other. It's like, guys, this is not on the same level, okay? This is one of the most anticipated airdrops we've ever seen. It's one of the most evenly distributed airdrops we've ever seen. One of the things with Blur and why it dumps so hard is because there's tons of whales with a ton of this thing from farming it, okay? There are not very many whales with this thing because they did a pretty good job of stopping cyber attackers and they capped it at like, what was it, 10,200, I think, per wallet or something around there um so there's not gonna be like someone with tons of toke with with you know there's not gonna be anybody with like uh, you know hundreds of thousands or millions of tokens that's gonna just be dumping them immediately right it's gonna be all smaller players now you could have a lot of smaller players selling it but i just think this is like again i've told you before uh what is it fret uh clear eyes Full hearts, fresh charts, can't lose, right? There's nothing better than a fresh chart, and there's nothing better than a fresh chart in a in a scenario like this where people are like getting very bullish and we're potentially in early stages of like maybe bull run, certainly bottoms in, uh, and people are looking to take some risk in crypto. I think Arbitrum is going to be all that anyone talks about uh, next week when it comes out. So... Needless to say, I think that if you sell this, I can't give you financial advice. I can't tell you what's going to do. I just think if you sell this thing for less than like three or four dollars, you're going to regret it. You're going to regret it. Um, I, I just think there's no way that this thing is not a t top 20 token and there's a good chance it's a top 10 and you can just do the math. And by the way, that's like where market caps are now when I said what it needs to be at. If it's going to be a top 10 token in the bowl, I mean, that's how you get like a $30 Arbitrum token, right? Um, but that's like, you know, far out. I'm just talking in the next month or so. I think this thing could easily be a $5 token. So I would keep that in mind uh, when you get yours. But I just, I'm just warning people. I just think you're, I think below a dollar, you are a moron to sell Arbitrum below a dollar. Let me just say that right now. I think below two, you'll regret it. Um, and I think only, only if you're selling it above two, then maybe you could start justifying it. I think anything less than two, you shouldn't sell it personally. Uh, I would say, do you? You know, if it's a meaningful amount of money and you want to lock it in, listen, I can't blame you for that. But I think you can look at corollaries from the passable market. You can look at like the Uniswap airdrop, the Curve airdrop, a lot of these. And a lot of people regretted selling those airdrops, okay? A lot of those airdrops ended up being worth so much money for people. So that's where I'm at on Arbitrum. Um, yeah, I think I think you get the point. I wouldn't sell it sub two. I think that's really dumb. And I think that it'll easily be 4 or $5 in like the, the midterm. And then in the bull market, we'll be a $10 plus token for sure. So that's my thoughts on Arbitrum. Um, what else we got? Let's wrap it up here with some coins. 
Um, I gave a bunch of coins that I was talking about last time. Pretty much, pretty similar list. A um, couple coins that I'm also looking at. Conflux. This is another one. This has been one of the highest tokens of the year. This is like, this thing's up like almost 20x for the year, I think, so far. It's actually insane. But if you don't know what Conflux is, it's the meme is it's basically like Chinese Ethereum. Um, it's it's the only uh, blockchain that the CCP, the Communist Party of China, okay, the guys who are in charge in China, have approved for use in China. And they have a partnership with uh, the biggest telecom company in China, okay? And it's only... I tweeted about it and I said, I'd, you know, I'm going to basically go all in my Bybit account on this thing. And I I didn't get a chance yet. I wanted to size in. I'm only maybe half of my Bybit account in it. But uh, this thing is, it was 800 million when I tweeted about it. It's 900 million now. Maybe, you know, I don't know where it'll be at now, but when, it, when this comes out. But I think this is one that you can accumulate. And that's similar to what I just said about Arbitrum. I think this thing will be a top 20 token, um, maybe top 10 also. Uh, just because of the fact that, like, you know, you look at the comps and it's like, dude, Matic is over 10 billion right now. Solana is still 8 billion market cap, okay? Solana is like a broken chain right now uh, with tons of bag holders. And this thing's sitting at eight, 900 million market cap. So, and it's it's like the, the premier China coin. And on top of that, one thing I actually, sorry, I forgot to mention this earlier with news is like Hong Kong is 100% like opening up crypto trading again uh, for, for people in Hong Kong. And by proxy, a lot of people in China are going to trade through Hong Kong. Um, so I think if there's a China coin to own, it's, it's this one, in my opinion, it is this one. And, uh, I, I think this thing has a very clear path. It's like 40 cents right now. Um, I think it has a clear path to $2. Um, and if things go real, depending on how this year goes, it could be like a $4 token, right? I think this is one that even though it's up already so much this year, you can just keep buying higher and, 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 and selling higher, right? Our favorite, our favorite motto. I think this thing is potentially going to go on an Aptos-like run. Um, where we saw Aptos go from like $3 to 20. I think we can see this thing go from, you know, 40 cents to $4. Uh, I, I, the China bid is, has been relentless. China's adding liquidity. Like I said, Hong Kong markets are opening up. This is the only approved blockchain in China. I think all of these factors are kind of coalescing on this coin that are going to make it uh, a pretty good buy. So I'm, I'm really into Conflux. I think it's a good play. You know, average in, obviously it's up a lot and I don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks with price action on it, but I think over time it is going to be a good coin uh, to own. Um, other coins, uh, level, I think, oh my God, I'm so bullish level. Uh, LVL on Binance. It's it's uh, the largest perp decks on Binance. I gave the whole spiel last week. There are days where it's doing more volume than GMX. It is sitting at like, it was a 20 mil market cap. Now it's like 25 or 27, whatever. It doesn't matter. This thing is going to be worth multiple hundreds of millions of dollars. I know it for a fact. I've been chipping off small bags. Like I actually sold my PSI today. PSI was like six bucks. I bag held that thing all the way down to like 250 or whatever it went down to. Uh, I took like a 50% drawdown and I ended up in profit. So we're walking away on that one, even though this might be the bad time to sell because we have this gaming conference this week and gaming tokens are, are pumping and PSI is also an Arbitrum token. But I'm just kind of trying to concentrate a little bit and it wasn't a huge bag for me. Uh, so... I just kind of to walk away from it, but I'm not telling you to sell. I think PSI is still a good token. I think it'll still go to like 15, 20 bucks. Um, I just don't know when. And frankly, that coin was torturing me. I had to get out of it. I was bag holding it so long and I was in profit. I said, I got to walk away. I got to walk away. Um, other gaming tokens, uh, but sorry, sorry. Level, level is my, my coin. I, I mean, I'm, I'm loading up on level. I keep adding to it. Um, I really think that this is going to be a good play. Minimum, I mean, minimum $30. Like, honestly, I'm not selling level under $30. Like, plain and simple. It's like eight bucks right now, okay? That's that's my conviction, okay? And that's like, frankly, starting point. I think in the longer term, it could go even higher, but that's a good starting point. Um, and then other gaming tokens, I think um, Magic, 
I think is a decent one if you're looking to play the game fi narrative this week with the gaming conference. It's, what is it called? GDC, I think. Game Developer Conference or something. Um, Magic is good because uh, it has both the Arbitrum and GameFi element batched in together. Um, low cap gem. I'm not in this one, but I have some friends who are. It's rainy token. It's basically rain with an I at the end. Um, this is by Milkbags, the same guy who did Kenpai Pandas. Uh, they have a partnership with epic games uh the creators of fortnite that they're going to announce this week at this conference um it's like 20 mil market cap right now it doubled this week from like 10 to 20 but this thing could really run i don't know what it could go to but i mean 50 to 100 seems pretty reasonable i don't see why it couldn't do that i don't even own it i'm telling you out of the goodness of my heart because i have too many bags i'm trying to concentrate so i just this one didn't make the cut uh, but I wanted to put in your radar. And then, um, I don't know. You guys know the game tokens. Some of these, it's just follow the trend on them. Gala, Sand, Meta, uh, Axie, right? Just follow the trend. Buy high, sell higher while they're hot. Get out. Don't get left holding the bag on those uh, when they start to pull back, when they lose their trend. Um, final token. This one is a gem. I honestly shouldn't even be saying it. It's full disclosure. I'm going to build a big position in this. I'm starting. I I have a small position now because it's a small cap. Um, but very risky. To like, like, like this is totally, totally the riskiest play. So don't play it if you're not looking for any type of risk. Um, Ush, U-S-H. Uh, this is Unsheath. It is essentially like a convex for LSDs, for liquid staking derivatives. I'm really bullish on LSDs going into Shanghai and post-Shanghai. And I think Ush is going to be one of the potentially like gems of the year, frankly. Um, it's only the deck screener market cap, if you're looking at it, is wrong. At 15 cents, I believe it's around 5 million market cap. So wherever it is when you're watching this video, you can use that as a reference. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna build a position in this, um, and uh, I I think this is one where it's gonna be a hero or zero. I don't know if they'll pull everything off that they're planning. Um, they're essentially building a uh, staked ETH aggregator, uh, and then they're going to route uh, yield via a bribe market. Okay, and so Lido or you know whoever Coinbase or whoever is trying to uh, gain share in the LSD space can come in and bribe Ush uh, by owning Ush tokens and locking them uh, so that they can get like a bigger share of Ush and they can bribe their way into getting this uh, uh, basically stake ETH that Ush has routed to them, okay? Uh, I'm not giving the best explanation of it. I need to honestly like read more, but I really like the idea. I think the team's pretty solid. And it's just so such low market cap right now, like five million. Like, I don't know. I you know this is my this is my flyer. Like hundred percent being straight up. This is a flyer. This is a hero or zero for me. Okay, so this is like either gonna be a fifty hundred x or nothing at all for me, um, and I'm okay stomaching that. So do with that information as you will. But I really like Ush. So that's it for today. That's the final coin I had. We talked. It was honestly more just like kind of thinking about the market, which I think is the most important thing. You know, the coins specifically that you play, there's always going to be a million coins to play. Um, it's more just thinking about the mar the market uh, going forward. Like I said, this coming week, I'm a little neutral. I'm not bullish or bearish. I'm just like, hey, we just had a huge week. Let's, let's be realistic about potentially coming down again, right? As long as we hold 25K, we're good. Uh, if we go below 25K, I don't know. We'll have to see the, the scenario. Um, and then, yeah, I, I, I just think you have to put yourself in the mindset of thinking a little longer term now unless like just in and out trading oriented constantly, constantly taking profits. It's time to start maybe letting things ride a little bit and stomaching ups and downs on some of these small caps that they have in the short term for the multiples that they'll do in the long term. Um, anyways, that's it for this week, guys. Uh, the Discord group is coming hopefully this week. Um, it's going to be limited. Uh, again, it's free. If you missed my explanation in previous episodes, it's going to be completely free. It won't cost you anything. Um, but I'm probably going to limit it to start to maybe, 
I want to keep it tight just to test things out and see how I like it. So I might keep it to like 20 people to start and then expand it from there. So if you want to be in that Discord group, uh, just go ahead and DM me on Twitter, actually. I think that's the easiest way to do it. Uh, my Twitter's in the description if you don't follow me, uh, at D underscore Gills, G-I-L-Z, uh, or just click the link in the description, or a lot, most of you probably already follow me on Twitter. Um, so if you want to be in that group, DM me, and um, I will tell you what you need to do to join. Again, it's free, um, but I probably will keep it limited in the beginning just to test things out, and then I'll probably roll it out over the coming months to more people. So I'm probably going to limit it to 20. So if you are interested, I'll probably just do first come, first serve. So just shoot me a DM. Um, if you want to be in it and, uh, yeah, I'll probably, I'm going to be doing mostly just like day-to-day -day trades, you know, a lot of stuff that I can't always catch here. Um, you know, small cap gens that I, that I like to, that I'm looking at, uh, you guys can submit like coins or charts for me to look at and analyze if you want. Um, probably will do some type of AMAs in there and basically anything I'm open to anything. Uh, I just want to give you guys some value and have like a little space where I can be a little more direct with people. So anyways, guys, thanks so much for watching. Shout out to Bybit. If you haven't signed up for Bybit yet, I would really appreciate it if you use my uh, affiliate link, you know, do the show for free, cost nothing. Use the, use the link, you know, give me a couple bucks when you trade, you know, I appreciate it. So anyways, guys, thanks so much for watching. I will see you next time.